Hey guys, welcome to the Pop Culture Podcast. This is Anton, father to Ginny, who's six years old, and Ellis, who is almost three and a half. And this is John, father to Malcolm, who's also almost three and a half. Yeah, so today we are talking about just random stuff. John was able to come over and we're actually recording this live for yeah. the first time in a long time. Yep. Getting back to the roots. There we go. kind of big happens you know on sunday um food and pizza but uh i was talking to art who has been on the pod before yeah and he was saying he has been thinking about having a virtual happy hour huh where you know after work set up some time go on hangouts or skype and just have a few of the the, the friends on oh interesting and just you know basically you, you could pop open a beer or something or just drink water or not whatever but then you're just kind of just hanging out for 30 minutes 45 minutes um since you can't physically he's in sacramento yeah i'm in oakland you're in Dilly's. any you know we're relatively close but family and work and life kind of uh it's not as easy to just like say yeah let's go grab a happy hour somewhere and i was saying if i mean we could record it because we could all record our own feeds and then if we're all like shooting the shit about a movie we all watched and then or talking about some random dad stuff i'm like i think it's pretty on brand (laughs) yeah for sure that's really interesting actually virtual happy hour I mean, before we've joked around about watching, like we like our Art and I have had our own dates to watch horror movies because neither of our partners necessarily want to watch horror movies. Yeah, uh, and so we've played around with the idea of watch picking a film on Netflix, watching it together, <laughs> or watching it and then having being on the phone with each other or like being, you know, online or whatever. A watch party. Yeah, just so that we can kind of react at the same time. But like video as opposed to, yeah. or yeah. as opposed to like the, I guess the the watch party stuff right now is all chat or something. Yeah, yeah. And it would, you know, it, would, it wouldn't be for recording, but it would just be to, to be able to continue watching a movie with a friend when physically and time-wise and work-wise and family-wise you can't do it regularly yeah yeah um and then you can have that kind of reaction as you would sitting in the movie theater going like do that you know when you're saying something to the tv you're also saying it to your friend do you uh watch any streaming content like twitch or mixer or anything like that no or youtube Uh, i've been casually kind of playing around with that uh i got booked to edit some promo videos for a kind of a newer service called caffeine Mm -hmm. Uh, they're based in redwood city uh, and also in la and a few ex-hulu co-workers have gone over there Mm -hmm. Uh, so very similar to twitch and mixer much smaller audience uh but it's like way clean, uh, kind of the layout. Mm-hmm. Um, Twitch is super busy, if, if you've ever seen some of that. But anyway, it's really interesting because it's live streaming where you viewers can kind of chat and interact with each other and also with the mm-hmm talent yeah or the the creator or whatever right um so they're usually streaming a video game they're playing they're usually really good at playing call of duty fortnite mm-hmm. whatever yeah but they're also interacting with the chat this is twitch or is this well, also this caffeine? is just this is twitch mixer okay. caffeine whatever even Anytime. youtube 
YouTube gaming, right? Okay. So uh, that's kind of what the format is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like caffeine because it's really clean. Yeah. Like the app looks really good. Uh, Twitch and Mixer, there's a whole bunch of like UI stuff that people are just like, hey, let's just throw this up there yeah. and let's just throw this animated GIF and you know, like the anyway. It's it seems like it's a pretty cool experience, yeah. um, and everything is also now. It's not necessarily on demand. It's all uh, appointment viewing, mm. right? So there are certain people that basically have uh, a time slot. Mm-hmm. Tuesday through Friday from yeah. 6 Eastern to 9 Eastern or whatever. Yeah. And they're always there. Um, and it's fun. It's like, it's hella kids. Yeah. And stuff like that. But, you know, you'd be surprised at how many old folks like us are, are doing it. Yeah. Um, but it's it's an interesting, I guess, content. It's interesting content. Yeah. Um, obviously, because gaming is hella big and YouTube is hella big. And um, I never really thought that, like, live streaming or, like, live viewing yeah. would be end up becoming a thing again yeah right because when dvr came out it was like oh fuck it i'll just record whatever i want right you know Um, but it's the interaction pieces it's it's, it's it is the interaction room but like you have something in front of you to react to with people that know what you're watching too Mm -hmm. or have a similar interest in it and can yeah, and I th- it was it's really interesting because if you think about DVR, you're obviously you're just watching it yourself. You're skipping the ads, and you know if you're watching with someone, the commercials are the time where you'll turn to whoever's watching with you yeah. and talk about the scene you just watched, or you know catch up with whatever's happening throughout the day, especially if you're with your wife or your spouse or yeah. whatever, right? Yeah. So with DVR, maybe that kind of changed yeah because you're skipping through it you're skipping through it it's just all about the making sure you consume your content and then obviously with the with mobile and then with youtube and all the kids always having devices like how many times are you watching whether it's tv show movie at home sports sporting event yeah with your phone in your hand and your your eyes dart yeah. In between them, right? Right. So, yeah, it, I took off Twitter uh, from my phone and really missed it during the event last week. The, <laughs> and, and, you know, uh, and also the previous weeks, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I don't know. It's it, It's really, for me, it's interesting that live streaming is a thing. And I guess it's, I was surprised that gaming is a big thing, but we're, I don't know, we're at least five years or a little bit more into it becoming like a legit, I don't know, do you want to call it a sport? It's esports, but, mm-hmm. um, like at a high level. Yeah. 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 There's, I mean, there's been Street Fighter competitions since we were kids. Yeah. But now it's televised. Yeah. Or it has like a network deal. Well, that right? and like why, like huge sponsorship for, of teams and. Yeah. 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 I mean, it makes sense, right? Because it's, it's a huge industry and. Huge industry. People are. There's ways to engage with it as a player, but there's also ways to engage it as a, a fan, essentially. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, and whenever I talk to people who are probably like our age and they don't understand, like, why would, why would you people watch people uh, other people playing video games? It's like, well, when we were kids, we'd watch our friends play. Yeah. You know, we'd we'd be able to take a turn. Yeah. And then at some point, someone's really good, and you're like. 
I'm just gonna watch that. Yeah, it's the same thing. Especially like an arcade. You, if so, if someone is like unbeatable in Street Fighter, you're watching. You it. are watching it with yeah. this other crowd, and you go, oh, you know, like someone goes yeah, you're per- cheering, dude. perfect two times in a row against Bison's. Like, what the hell just happened? Yeah, right? no, for sure, for sure, it's the same thing, and it's like, you know, it's like why you're not even playing the game, but you're yeah. But you're watching someone else who's like really good play yeah. it. It's like, why do you think we watch basketball? Yeah. Well, and, <laughs> well, and it's, like, it's not like, like these people are like really good and they get yeah. paid for it. Like, yeah. yeah. And people cheer when they when they execute. You know, it's like right. that's the exact same thing with video right. games. Well, it's it, it's one of those things too. Where I mean, cooking shows. You're watching someone cook. Why would anyone watch a cooking show? And you have a whole, you have two food networks. <laughs> That uh, basically, that's what it is, right? And this has existed since on PBS for a long time. For sure. And you ask the same question, why are you watching someone cook? Well, because you're learning as you're watching. Yeah. And so it's not like you're watching someone sit on their couch and you don't see any context of like their screen. You're seeing people, if it's Call of Duty, run around, do all these kills. I mean, I, I... have that experience of watching people do the kills because I always get killed and I would have that 10 seconds of watching <laughs> myself get killed and watching the, it's like, the other oh, player. That's how they got. Me. Yeah. It's pretty much that. It's um, like, oh man, this guy's aim is really right. good. Right. Like I was hella far away, but this yep. guy got me. Yeah. I unloaded 300 clips and he just used one. Yeah. Yep. He headshotted me. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, I, myself struggle with the value of playing video games like for a long time i think that's you know that's what we that's what we did as kids you know mm-hmm. and then it's like oh go outside and don't don't play video games read a book yeah. or go get some exercise but there's just like a lot of joy in playing video games man yeah 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 i mean it's a, i think it's a Every time some some new technology or a new way to engage in whatever media it is, it's, it's going to take the, the previous generation of people are probably not going to understand. Yeah. Uh, like why why do you go why are you going to go to a party when someone's going to spin records instead of having a band? Right. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Or how's how are you going to call this guy a musician or this this woman a musician when all they're doing is playing someone else's records? Well. Because they're, you know, beat matching and um, skipping and scratching and making completely new sounds. Yeah. And previous generations are going to be like, this is stupid. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, an old classmate of mine from Cogswell, um, I guess he's going back to school. He's basically our age. Mm -hmm. Yeah. he ended up posting on Facebook. He's doing. He's going. He went back to school for music, and he is doing this huge report. So he posted a series of questions, and he wanted folks to respond. And it was, it's, it's about it. It had questions about like, what music did you grow up listening to? Why do you listen to music now? Mm-hmm. Um, or like, what, what, what genre did you listen to? When you were growing up, mm-hmm. what genre do you listen to now? Yeah, why do you put on music now? And basically, any thoughts about? Yeah, you know, um, maybe we should do an episode, and I'll 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 send you those prompts because it's yeah. it's actually a it got me thinking. I was yeah. like doing some editing work, yeah. and I was just like, oh, this post, you know, I got to be better about being in a cafe turning off the wi-fi because every now and then i'm like okay i'm at a i'm at like a stopping point i'm mm-hmm. like okay let me go check that. let me go check in on all my social media yeah. just to see if there's anything yeah. and then when i get bored i go back to like working right mm-hmm. i should probably stop that but anyway this is how i found it <laughs> I mentioned this in the previous pod, but I've been kind of keeping up on um, the movies, particularly the, Os- the, the Oscar stuff. All right. right. So 
there's still a few that I wanted to watch, uh, particularly Uncut, Uncut Gems. Uh, I had mm-hmm. been hearing about a lot about that. Uh, a few of our friends have seen it, thought it was great. Um, but I actually was able to watch the one of their the the movie they did before this, which is called Good Time. Um, it's Robert Pattinson, and it was really intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just like a it's like super kinetic, lots of you're just kind of on the edge of your seat the whole time. Mm-hmm. He basically plays a bank robber, mm-hmm. and he has a um, mentally disabled brother. Uh, so he, the point is, or the plot is that he tries to rob a bank so that he can have a life for them or something, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really good. And if it's similar, if Uncut Gems is similar to that, I think I'll probably really enjoy it. And there's also like the basketball element to it. And um, Those are a pair of brothers, right? That yeah, are the Safdie brothers. Yeah. Uh, one of the brothers, I can't remember who it is, Josh or Benny, but he's also an actor in Good Time. He's, mm. He plays Robert Pattinson's okay. brother. Uh, I think Robert Pattinson's a really good actor. The next Batman. Uh, yeah. Because I also saw him in a film called The Lighthouse, which is this super art house mm-hmm. film. Um, I'm not sure if we talked about this, but he also directed The Witch from a few years back, which was like... The Horror? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. So he did this movie called The Lighthouse, which is psychological drama thriller Mm -hmm. robert pattinson willem dafoe um the cool thing about that was they wanted it to really look like it was like the late 1800s so they shot it in like almost a square format Mm. which was really interesting to watch in the movie theater Because you're in this big movie theater and then like it's super wide. The screen is huge, yeah. but then it's it's showing it so basically they, they like Instagrammed a square. It. They Instagrammed it. <laughs> yeah, they added that Instagram yeah. filter. And then uh, they actually used super old lenses from mm. like the like early 1900s, yeah. um, shot on film. And it was one of those like, not only was it art house, but it's basically like a film nerd's film. Yeah. Because it's like, quote unquote, film, yeah. right? Yeah. As opposed to a movie, yeah. right? So that was interesting. It is nominated for Best Cinematography. Um, but I also think 1917 is going to win that one. Apparently, the I haven't seen all the big Best Picture nominees, but uh, if you haven't been paying attention, the 1917 is uh, heavily favored. Or not, I'm not sure heavily favored, but favored and then Parasite, which has been a huge phenomenon. For best film. Best, yeah, best picture. Not, o- not only is it nominated for like best international film, mm-hmm. but also best picture. Yeah. And that's gotten a lot of uh, momentum with yeah. all the awards from like Golden Globes to yeah. like SAG, BAFTA, all that stuff. So it's going to be, the, it's one of the, it's the, I think the first uh, Asian film to be nominated or based. Don't at me. I don't, I can't really remember, but certainly it's, it's a nomination was unprecedented. Mm-hmm. Uh, great, great movie. Yeah. Um, did we talk about this before? We might have. Well, I'm going to try to watch it on Friday or Sunday afternoon and maybe watch the Oscars and see it. Um, yeah, that's right. The Oscars are this weekend. Uh, yeah, what, I don't know. Who, what do you want to win? As a, as someone, you haven't watched all the films. I haven't watched all the you films. You watched some of them that you wanted to watch. Out of those ones, what do you, what would you want to win? I think I would like Brad Pitt to win. Mm-hmm. Um 
his performance in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is good. Uh, whether or not it's necessarily the best supporting mm. uh, performance this year, debatable. Uh, but I think it might be one of those career achievement Oscars. Yeah. Like Oscar win. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, it would be great if uh, Bong Joon Ho won for best director. Mm hmm. Nineteen uh, seventeen, I really, really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, although it sounds like there are some critics who will say that it doesn't really hold up the second time, mm. uh, because I think the first time you're just wowed by. Obviously, it's one shot. It's supposed yeah. to look like one shot, yeah. and then it, you know, like it's the craftsmanship of how that film is yeah. is made is kind of the focus right now. Um, right. And plot and character and stuff like that has seemed to mm-hmm. uh, be secondary. Yeah. Um, but for me, it worked. Yeah. Uh, I love World War One, so... To kind of see all that along with the technical aspects was amazing. Yeah. Um, it's also shot by one of my favorite cinematographers, Roger Deakins. Um, he won last year for Blade Runner after mm. being nominated 16 times. He's like the Susan Lucci of... Cinematographers. Yeah. Or like the... Maybe the Annette Benning of... Um, no, I think he got nominated more than Annette Bening has, actually. So your hope is 1917? I don't know. Okay. I, I kind of want Parasite to win it yeah. just because of like the, the un- unprecedentedness of that film. Yeah. Um, he's a really great director. The performances were really great. Um, the way that the tone is managed in that movie is really great it's you're i know it's out on like on demand but if you can see it in the theater um it's it's awesome yeah uh i don't know um i'm trying to think there's if there's any film that i don't want to win it's probably joker to be honest yeah you watch it i did okay i did watch it i watched it in the theater Joaquin Phoenix's performance is really, really good. Mm -hmm. Uh, But thematically, and in terms of... In terms of what resonated with me more, Mm -hmm. Joaquin Phoenix did a movie the year before that that I think was Amazon, that Amazon distributed, Mm -hmm. called... um, what was it called? Uh, let me quickly Google that. But it was... Uh, um, crap. Well, I haven't really watched any of the... I don't I don't watch any film. Well, actually, no, I did. I watched The Farewell. That was the only, the only Oscar buzz-worthy film they watched so oh, you, you were never really there the farewell <laughs> until i watched the parasite on sunday oh okay so the movie is called you were never really here okay it's on amazon uh mm. joaquin phoenix's performance in that is amazing not necessarily super it's kind of like i don't want to say it's like the same character as joker but there are seems like it it's certainly there are parallels uh between joker character and um arthur fleck and the character Mm -hmm. he plays in uh and walking tall with the rock (laughs) yes that one i mean 
And, Sorry, I just read the I just read the the blurb about the and, film and and Commodus from Gladiator. Actually, that was underrated role, underrated performance. Yeah, I I actually that role with him um, got a, a I, I had a very spontaneous reaction to him in the film when he was trying to um, when he was like trying to be all like uh, you betrayed me to his sister. I'm like, dude, you're trying to. Dude, you're trying to um, rape your sister or something like that yeah, so in the movie yeah. theater, and then someone left. I'm like, oh, so it's one of the joys of going to the movie theaters. That <laughs> you remember is that when you say something, people can react to it. Yeah, exactly. You should just tweet that, bro. Yeah. But then they leave because you're like, yo, put your phone away, bro. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, Joker is probably the one movie that I don't want to win. I will say it was well made. It's still weird that the director of Old School and The Hangover and Road Trip is a director for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I will see The Parasite on Sunday, which I've said numerous times because I'm talking it to make sure it happens. Um, speak it into existence. Speak it into existence, although we already scheduled we already scheduled it for it to be happen to, for it to happen. So I was hoping to do it today, but the timelines of when it's showing and isn't going to work out. Um, for me, what I've been into was a movie also it has nothing to do with Oscars. Uh, so last time I talked about the farewell and I said, I was talking about like how I felt differently about wanting to watch it than I did. I'm crazy rich Asians. So I was flying back from Washington DC the other week. And I had a, time to kill on my hands so i watched crazy rich asians and i'm like who's that looking at someone else crying during the wedding scene it, it, it was me <laughs> i so i totally enjoyed it um i, I like rom-coms anyway i there were you know different the, there's interesting things going on with like casting colorism in there but i think the the part that stood out to me the most was um the lead actor, Henry Golding. Golding. I'm like, dude, this dude, this dude's hella good. Like in this role, like it's supposed to be charming and whatever. It wasn't the most deep role, sure, but it was an interesting. It was interesting to see how he portrayed masculinity, because hmm. um, he's like this hella good looking dude, nice body. Whoever watches that, whoever you're gonna, if you're into dudes you're going to think he's a good looking human being. Right. And I was just, it was, it was interesting that the way he responded to certain things as a masculine character had a very different kind of um, tone or curve to it. Hmm. One particular thing was when he and um, Rachel, no, whatever uh, Constance's character was, they first, um, I think were about to go to Singapore. Singapore? Singapore. Yes. Um, anyway, so he got out of bed, and then she said something, and he kind of laughed, and he kind of um, squinched over, and it was like this masculine dude, shirtless, really good looking, but it was still, it was, it's a different kind of like, um, like, you know, ma- other kind of uh, to- depictions of masculinity are very rigid. Um, hmm. You know, uh stiff and you know prominent but yeah his was a little bit more like fluid which i thought was interesting that was like one scene in particular that came that i remember because he he had his shirt off (laughs) (laughs) no that but anyway i totally enjoyed it i i don't think it's any like high level whatever um there was some interesting things about the colorism in there because singapore is i mean there's a a very dark skinned Singapore world with the, the people that look a lot more um, South Asian. Yeah. That you only saw through one helper at a hotel. Um, but yeah, that the other, my other favorite scene in that was at the, um, at the Mahjong place where Constance um, character, uh, it, it was revealed that her mom was in the Mahjong place and her mom looked at uh, Michelle Yeoh's character with this like glare, I'm like, oh, 
that like burned a hole through the um yeah. the, the screen. Yeah. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I really loved um like Constance Wu's mom, like that story. That is yeah. a really good story too. Yeah. Like Yeah. That's that I I think I was most interested in like, oh man, that's actually Yeah. Like Crazy Rich Asians I get is like, hey, this is this is like for everyone. Mm-hmm. Like the the kind of broad appeal one. Yeah. But the story that I really want yeah. is like Constance Wu's mom. Yeah. And like Yeah. Like that is the indie version of the like the thoughtful indie version of Crazy Rich Asians, which yeah. is which is kind of what I want, right? Yeah. yeah. Um so hopefully that happens. Yeah. Um and I can also say like the farewell was probably also the indie version of like that like there's there's this broad appeal and then just pull out one little story yeah. that's like kind of more heartfelt. And Did you watch the farewell? I don't I know I haven't yet. Yeah. I mean it, it kind of is cuz it's told through the the Chinese American child's yeah. like the the Constance was Constance's character was born in the US. Aquafina's character was born in China. Um, mm, okay. But essentially they were both Chinese American kids. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So there was a straddling of character and Constance's character was definitely much more American than Chinese American for whatever reason. Yeah. And that was established early on that her mom was like saying it's totally different there. Even though I know Singapore is not China, but um, I guess anyway. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. It was cool. There was it was cool to see afterwards seeing that there was a, an icon of Philippines um, movie, an iconic movie, uh, Philippine actress. Noodle, stop! Sorry, that's my dog. Okay, we have to wrap it up. I know. Yeah, I have to, yeah, I know. Have to wrap. Thanks, yeah. Noodle. Thanks. Actually, Thanks my aunt. Was, did I tell you my aunt was in Cruiser Asians? No. Uh, she she played the uh, the the sister's maid <laughs> when when she goes back in after shopping. Yeah. And then she she was the the first uh, maid that goes. And she's like, oh, make sure you hide this. And then oh, yeah. ev- everyone starts scattering around. Yeah. And, you know, so she was the one that was like, oh, yeah. Oh, she's uh, my aunt it lives in Malaysia and she's like a singer and performer oh, okay. there. So. Okay. Cool. Oh, cool. Shout out. Yeah. Shout out. Well, yeah. And I, I was like, you also didn't see I was pointing in a direction where I'm thinking is towards Singapore and Malaysia. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's not even that direction. It's yeah. Over. Over. Yeah. Whatever. I'm coming off of a evening that uh, was very interesting. I came home. Actually, we had. Hung and I had a really good night with Malcolm. Uh, there was lots of laughter. Our, our landlady actually came up and started playing with Malcolm because there was a package I was missing. She came up and delivered it. And I'm like, oh, you totally didn't have to deliver it. And then Malcolm had all of his dinosaurs out. And I'm like, oh, Beth, do you want to come in? And Oh, Malcolm, you want to show Beth your dinosaurs? So Beth came in and she was playing with him for a while. She has a son who's 25. So, you know, this is kind of a flashback for her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so then she went and then we we're just finishing up and then took a bath. And then so lately there's been not lately. This has been happening for a while. And I may have talked about it before, but there's always these. Uh, these points of tension with Malcolm and me after the bath. Like sometimes he fights going into the bath. Usually it's fine after a few minutes and then he's having fun in the bath. The problem is him getting out of the bath because he has toys there. Right. And so he's playing with it. And especially right now when it's cold, I'm like, Malcolm, you need to get out because it's going to get cold. And so depending on the day and my patience, I kind of go up and down, kind of just let him play. 
And so last night, instead of getting uh, frustrated with him, and he was, it gets to this point where he's just like not listening, right? And I've talked to him about that. So one of the issues with you not listening is that you're ignoring me. And I know you hear me because when I say I'm going to take something away, you react to it. So you're choosing to ignore me. Three and a half. I think he understands. Yeah. Um, to you know a certain point. So last night, same thing happened. He started playing, turned off the water. He was playing. I'm like, okay, Malcolm. If you continue to play, we're not going to read. Okay. We're not going to read tonight. So that's on you. That is your decision. Do you want to keep playing here or do you want to read? And he said, I want to keep playing. I'm like, okay. So you're saying that you're going to play. You understand that you're not, we're not going to read tonight because you're playing. And he says, yes. I'm like, okay. I'll come back. Left. He's still playing. Came back. And at some at this point, it was like maybe five five to ten minutes. He was just playing in there. I had the heater on, so it's not like completely cold. I had the heater on in the in the bathroom, so you know. And then, like Malcolm, it's time to go. It's time to go. You have to get up. And then he wasn't listening. Um, and then, Hung was at the door. She opened it. She came in. Was like, uh, "What's happening?" And um, anyway, so all that stuff happened. He changed, and then he basically went through his whole uh, process of trying to resist going to sleep. He wanted to eat more. I'm hungry, and we we're like, Malcolm, you're only hungry because you don't want to go to sleep. Yeah. We and we tell him, like, you have all this time to eat. I feel you on right. that. Right. But it got to a point last night. He had he had these uh, uh, crackers like uh, goldfish. And the McMahon's like fruit one in a jar. And he had it and he wanted to open it. He couldn't open it. And who was sitting on the floor? I was sitting on the couch. Who was sitting on the floor? We're both kind of like three feet from each other. Um, and he couldn't open it. And then we, we knew something was going to happen. So he ended up throwing the jar at whom and hit her right on the eye. Oh, no. And so... You could tell, I mean, he can't, he doesn't really have a lot of velocity on his throws, but one, it's close. Two, it's freaking glass jar. Yeah. Three, it was, it hit flush right here on like, you know, the corner of the eye. So like, yeah. you know, um, so there was a big like lump on it right afterwards. Um, but Hung kind of like hunched over cause they're hurt. And then I was kind of like, as much as I was like, okay, this fool is going to throw this thinking like he's not going to throw it. He's never thrown anything that hard at anyone at us. Um, and then I raised my voice. I'm like, Malcolm, come here, come here. And then Hung was really angry because she's a victim of a violent like, sure. thing. And so she um, told him to go to his room very angrily and then brought him to the room. And he didn't actually fight going to his room as bad as he could have because he knew right. what he did was wrong. And he was crying and all this stuff and then processing it. And then Hung um, had this big lump on her eye and then she came to the door. I'm like, Malcolm, look at what you did. Because in the, in the room, I was um, continuing your, my volume level was still high. I'm like, Malcolm, go to your bed. Malcolm, go to your bed. And he's no, it's like lying down on the ground crying. But he wasn't trying to come out. So, again, those are the signs that he knows what he did was yeah. hell wrong. And then he wouldn't look at him because it was like this. One, it was kind of scary as a kid, right? Yeah. And I think he knew. Yeah. And then so, did a lot of processing. Hung just um, stayed outside. And then um, I was processing with Malcolm. And at some point, he was also saying... Um, uh, he was telling me that I upset him in the in the bathroom because I told him to get out. I'm like, Malcolm, that didn't happen. It's, I, I, what I said was this, and you said okay. Um, and I said, regardless of that, even if you are upset, you don't throw things like that. Yeah. So you don't throw anything. And so we went through this whole thing. I'm like, oh, I don't have to go through the whole thing. Um, but I could tell he was sad. I could tell he felt really bad. He went outside to apologize to whom. Hung wasn't really a place to be receiving. <laughs> so she said, good night, Malcolm. So I brought him back into the, uh, to the room. And we were just talking the whole time. And he's like, 
I'm like, Malcolm, are you embarrassed? Are you? Do you feel bad? And he said, embarrassed. He said, do you feel bad too? Yes, I feel bad. Um, and, you know, it's one of those things as a parent, like, it's it's a kind of a extreme way to learn a lesson, but hopefully he learns the lesson. So we're kind of going through, like, instead of doing that, do this. Like, crossing your arm, which he already does when he's like, mm, right? Uh. But I'm like, I asked him, did all right, I was like, I think I know why you throw things at us because you know you're not supposed to throw it. And I also see you deciding not to throw things sometimes. So we know that you can um, make these decisions. I feel like you throw things because you want us to be mad too. And then he said, yes. Three, three and a half. I don't know if he gets it. I think, Dude, he, wow. I, think, I think he gets it. I think he gets it. So I'm like, Malcolm, so instead, if you want us to be mad and you, it's okay for you to be mad, uh, uh, for, cross your arms and say I'm mad or say I'm angry or, and do something else to show us that you're angry and you want us to be angry too <laughs> but do not throw you cannot hit anymore and saying like you can't if from here on out every time you throw or you hit I'm taking one of your favorite toys I'm going to give it away He's like, I don't want to give it away I don't want to give it away either but you cannot do that you cannot do that and you have to remember what you did um, and so that was kind of like the process of the last night. And actually I had told him, you know, talking about feelings and I was telling, he, he said, I'm sad and I feel bad I'm, or I, I feel sad tonight. And I'm like, well, um, Malcolm, you know, tonight I'm actually okay with you feeling sad because you need to remember how this feels. You, can, you cannot do this again to us, to anyone. Right. Um, and so we turn off the lights and actually he was like, I don't want to go to, I don't want to sleep. I don't want to, I want to read. I'm like, Malcolm, you're really not at a place to be asking things right now. <laughs> because yeah, what you did sure, tonight dude. was really, really bad. Like it was really, really bad. You can't, you know, so we lie down, turn off the lights and I was holding him. Um, and at one point he got, went to his pillow and he says, pat me or rub me. So pat, pat him or rub him on his back or his yeah. stomach. I said, Malcolm, I'm not, I'm not doing that tonight. I'm upset tonight. And then he lie down on my, my stomach and I was still rubbing his tummy. But um, he's like, I'm upset too. I'm like, well, Malcolm, um, it's fine for you to be upset. I want you to remember it. But, you know, um, yeah. So, wow. <laughs> Man. That was our, that was the dad moment from, the, from last night. This morning, he apologized and his eyes all, the, the bump has gone down, but it's all red. It looks like she got punched in the face. Yeah. So I'm like, fuck. People are going to think I did that. <laughs> oh, dude. I know, dude. And then I was telling her, I'm like, and then she works at a, found- a foundation focused on women. I'm like, I'm just kind of wondering how many people are going to pull you aside and say, really, is there something? <laughs> it's not, you know, it's not a laughing matter in terms I, of like, no, I violence. know. It's super it's laugh- serious. It's dude. laughing. It's a laughable moment because I can see it happening. Yeah. You know, so the issue itself is not laughable, but like in this moment, it could, you can see it kind of like, in a TV show or something. She where, sent an you know, email to like all. She did. She all sent that company. She sent a Slack this morning just as a for, uh, a warning. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah, but I'm sure people are going to still pull you on the side later. You yeah. Know, like at channel. Yeah. FYI, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I forgot that email is probably whack. Yeah. It's now Slack. And it's easier. I mean, well, it's direct, but um, yeah. So anyway, uh, Malcolm apologized again. They had some moments to hug and stuff, but um, man, I yeah. I got to give you props, man. The way that you communicate with Malcolm is like crazy. Well, he's also very articulate. Yeah, he speak. He was speaking really early. Yep, very clearly, and like he just gets it. He just gets words. Yeah, he and gets words and feelings. Yeah, yeah. He no, that's it. that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, you know. I think we've struggled with that for a while. Um, you know, I've, I think I've mentioned this before on the pod, but I've tried to be better about not raising my voice when, again, accidents happen, whatever, all that stuff. Uh, but even when there's, when Ellis is like really angry, I don't know if he knows. That he can, I mean, he's getting better at just talking in general. So mm-hmm. maybe 
we're going to be at a point very soon where he'll be able to express and yeah. we can actually tell him like hey this is what happened because of this and you know yeah. i think that will probably take a while for like cause and effect and yeah. and as you were mentioning in the previous pod where like it takes 10 seconds for him to be like oh yeah that that that's right. probably right you know so um i'm looking forward to that day because this guy right now he's he just knows when he's at home he can push the buttons because he's like super well behaved mm-hmm. at uh at school Same. and you know <laughs> everyone says that like oh he's super sweet i was like have you seen him at home yeah um i mean he is sweet he is sweet at home but he definitely knows how to troll his sister definitely knows how to get what he wants out of grandma and uh and tess yeah. let's, let's be real yeah i mean there's a there's a there's a feeling of safety and comfort here where he can actually push the boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Where he knows what, where he's learned at school. He doesn't have to because he's maybe getting what he wants because he gets to play and do other things. Yeah. Yeah, or, yeah for sure. Or fear of being, getting in trouble mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. you know, not being able to do things there. Yeah. Wow. That's a good one. That's a, that's like a that's like a big one. I mean, it's super fresh. Yeah, Play last you. night, dang. And then yeah, so. I mean, unfortunately, mine. I mean, not necessarily unfortunately, but uh, mine isn't quite as quite as big. Heavy. <laughs> heavy, yeah. Heavy is a heavy is one. One way to describe it's all that. good. It's all dead moments. No, well, all, this one was actually kind of funny yeah. because so this happened after the event that we're not talking about. Yeah, but anyway, it's the Super Bowl. <laughs> 49ers lost. Lost. They were up by ten. With let's not even talk about that. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I'm fine. Yeah, you know, whatever. So anyway, this this year was really weird because. You know, when with like Bear has been lucky with sports this entire decade. Yeah. Giants, Warriors, Niners at the beginning and then towards the end, right? So we've always kind of watched the games and, you know, we're, we're definitely fans, but our fandom doesn't necessarily trickle down to our kids. Mm hmm. They don't really care. Yeah, they know when basketball's on. They know when baseball's on. They know when football's on, but they don't care. They're on their iPad or they're playing with their toys. Yeah. And, um, you know, even while we're watching, we're not doing anything different than if we were watching HGTV or whatever, right? So yeah. our viewing habits is the same when we're watching sports than anything else. Yeah, we may like. Or for me, anyway. Like, Tess is probably... It's just on in the background for her, and she's not super invested. Um, but this year was different because Ginny's in kindergarten. They've had a couple of, like, spirit days where she gets to wear Niner colors uh, to school as opposed to her uniform, right? Yeah. So, in her head, like, yeah. it's like, oh, 49, root for the 49ers. And, you know, she has classmates who are like way more into sports than she is. And um, so she's kind of getting that. Yeah. But then of course, Ellis is also getting that yeah. because she, he wants to match when match her. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Ginny didn't have a Niners, uh, any Niners gear for her first spirit day. You know, we could have dressed her up in red and that would have been fine. But, you know, she also wants to participate and kind of, feel the camaraderie of like oh my classmates are all wearing 49er stuff so yeah. anyway i got her a hoodie and i was like oh should i get an ellis a hoodie too and <laughs> tess was like yeah because then he will wear it yeah the school the same day that she does mm-hmm. so anyway the first time that happened was the friday before the nfc championship game right yeah. so she Ginny got to wear it ellis got to wear it and then Obviously, they won the Super Bowl, so there was another one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so then by now, Ginny knows who the 49ers are. 
they play football. Alice too, right? Like, oh, 49ers, he'll say it, but I don't know. So during the Super Bowl, um, Tess was feeling sick, so we couldn't make it out to Fairfield. So we were just kind of watching it here. Mm. Um, but again, Super Bowl was on. Tess was watching it. Yeah, I was also watching it. Yeah, and um, but you know, again, we were kind of going in and out. I was walking to the office to check out some stuff yeah. and doing some cleaning, tidying up, and you know, just. Again, casually watching the same way that we would watch anything else. Yeah. Right. Um, Ellis fell asleep and woke up like at 11. He took a nap. Took We thought he was going to be out, but then he woke up at like 11. Uh-huh. So then I'm out here on the couch. He comes out. I'm trying to get him tired again. And then uh, he was like, Oh, where's the what's the 49ers game? Is the I was like, "Oh, you fell asleep while the game was on." Yeah. You weren't you know, you weren't even paying attention. You were you were playing a game on your iPad when mm. the game was on. He's like, "Oh, the 49er game." And then he just kept talking about it. I was like, "No, the 49ers lost already." Mm. And he was like, "Why'd they lose?" Yeah. And I don't know if he really knows what that means. Yeah. He knows what happens when he wins because he's played games where like I win, yeah. and I was like, "Oh, the 49ers lost." So I think he kind of knows what it is, right? And he was just asking, "Well, why'd they lose?" <laughs> and me as a fan, I'm still kind of like, <laughs> you know, stinging from that defeat, right? Yeah. And I'm like, "Well, the 49ers didn't play well enough," yeah, you know. And then it's like, "Oh, why'd they lose?" It's like, "Well." The the Chiefs played better. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs was you know so I was, I was it was me trying to explain like what happened in this game that he probably doesn't really care about right but because he knows 49ers now yeah and so I'm trying to explain all this stuff to him but still trying to like oh man dude bum yeah. <laughs> I'm really bummed that they lost like they could have won and yeah. I was like. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Right? Why are you twisting this <laughs> knife further? <laughs> Go back to sleep. <laughs> and it was it was really funny. And I was just like, uh, why, "Go go ask mommy why <laughs> why they lost." Um, but yeah, it was really funny, you know, uh, to just kind of go through that. And I was like, "Well, they didn't play well enough." <laughs> you know, I didn't want to say, "Well, the refs." Didn't call a hold on. <laughs> I know they should have called the delay of game on the. Should have called the delay of game. They should have uh, never should have called that a pass interference on Kittle. Yeah, like <laughs> I don't know what the defense was doing that gave up that third and 15, 60 yard play. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. I don't know why Jimmy Garoppolo didn't see George Kittle in the flat. On that right. pass that got batted down. <laughs> yep. If Garoppolo just threw the pass a little bit more uh, accurately, yeah. he wouldn't be having yeah, this conversation. Because it would have been a bomb to yeah, Sanders. If he threw the <laughs> that pass the same quality as that Kittle pass at the end, yeah. you, know, <laughs> you know. Anyway. So anyway, I just stuck with the 49ers didn't play well enough. Yeah. True. Chiefs played better. True, right? Yeah. And um, I don't even know if he understood that, really. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was it was, it was was funny. Because even the even the Ginny was asking, like, oh, so which team is the 49ers? You know, as, you know. Yeah. I was like, oh, the one in the white with the gold pants. It's yeah. like, oh, okay. Yeah. Who's the team in the red, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, those are the, the, the Chiefs, yeah. you know? Again, I don't know if she's really going to get into it. I hope she doesn't get into football. Um, you know, <laughs> it was funny. The Niner season ended. I almost posted this uh, <laughs> either on Twitter or on Facebook. It's like, okay, now I can go back to being fake, fake woke, and you know, <laughs> being critical of the NFL's <laughs> hypocrisy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because I was, you know, I, I. I Really don't even know most of the Niners players because I haven't watched in same three years, and it wasn't so much of 
because they sucked last year, I was still kind of watching here and now. I, you know, it's fun to watch the game itself, right? If you yeah. turn off the announcers and turn off the commercials and get rid of all the stupid corporate NFL stuff and the their fake, uh, don't be political, but we're going to spend an hour doing flag stuff yeah, before the yeah, Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Um, the game itself is fun to watch, right? Sure. As a sports fan. Um, but at the end of the game, I was like invested. I want my friends to be happy. It was fun to watch Debo Sweeney doing things. It's fun to, you know, you have, there's an investment in a team because there is a history in there. Yeah. At the end of the game, I was just kind of like, eh, whatever. Um, partially because I didn't hate, I don't hate the Chiefs. Same. Um, and yeah, because same. I already had this like gross feeling going into the game. Cause usually the Super Bowl, I never watch the pregame. I usually just like to watch right from the first snap. Because I can't stand all the pomp and circumstance of the game, just because it's too much, and it's also now it's um, it's it's not political. But you know, you're spending an hour and a half talking about military stuff, um, right? And flags and all this stuff. But uh, I already had a kind of a gross kind of whatever to it. Um, we had a lot of fun, Malcolm and Liam playing a lot. But at the end, that's why Hung and I, yeah, we wanted the Niners to win. You know local team our friends we, we have a history of cheering for them yeah oh you know we posted it we looked at each other totally like yeah, uh, same yeah totally like it was a spontaneous moment we were just sitting at the counter at our friend's house we looked at each other we're like oh. <laughs> and that's what we put po- we recorded it afterwards because i mean that's really like what our response was. yeah yeah i mean i i kind of felt the same way too right like there's an investment in local it's like what sucked the most is now I have to talk about it with other people. Like, yeah. I can get over it, yeah. but then I have to talk about it, yeah. right? And then, like, you know, I I have the Shanahan trucker hat. Yeah. Because, you know. But so, you know, like, I think they're... Whenever you wear the colors, there's always the expectation yeah. that you, you're as invested as, like, yeah. super hardcore fans. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I get it. Yeah. And I... I I have been that um, for other teams yeah. like Warriors, Giants, Giants yeah. stuff like that, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, at the end of the day, like you'll root for the local team. There's a good story there. Um, it's good, something fun to do with your pe- friends, yeah. Good, and whatever. good people, yeah. And at the end of the day, like okay, that's that's fine. Yeah. Like I can shit my brain off and focus on other things, right? Yeah. Like. I didn't expect to spend this many to to invest this many hours into this team this year, yeah. and I did, and that probably came at the expense of doing some other stuff. But it's also or, again, it's also nice. Like, okay, this is gonna be a nice chill day. Yeah, um, I can just throw on this game. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, and then just kind of like have that going on in the background. Um, There's that value of being a casual fan. You know, like we've, you know, we talked about sports the first time we recorded. Yeah. Oh, and then yeah, talk yeah. about like the shifting kind of uh, perspective that we have growing older, not just being a parent, but like growing older with fan- like sports, right? Where I still get annoyed with like Fairweather fans or um, new fans to the Warriors because this year they suck. And I'm like, eh, whatever. It's a, it's a break year. And like, you don't know what it, w- you don't know what it was like when it was Vontigo. Yeah. Shout out Vontigo. You know, like Bob, Bob Sura. Yeah, like or Larry Hughes. I loved Harry Hughes, Larry Hughes, but he was our shining light. And we think about like the, the the quality of players that we have now. Yeah, he's a quality person, but like as a player, he had limitations. Yeah, but he was our beaming light of hope. And David Lee too. Yeah, you know, like yeah. So anyway, but it's there's also this fun value of like now being a casual fan for something like this where you go into Super Bowl and have fun and going to eat a lot of food and then, then hang out be, with your friends hang like out they, with your friends yeah the kids are hanging out with each other yeah. like there's yeah. so much value in that you know we we would have done the same thing if there if there wasn't yes. an NFC championship game yeah right? but now this time it's more like invested in um, an actual team or like if they win you know some of your best friends are going to have fun like are going to be like so happy yeah although I wouldn't feel that way for like Nate the Raiders won the Super Bowl. I don't hate the Raiders, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't hate the Raiders too. It's just I don't really care if they if they win. Yeah, 
I'm okay with them losing. Like, I'm just kidding. I have a lot of Raider fans now, living in Oakland. Raider <laughs> fans, friends. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's the as in 40 years old and being a casual fan of a big event. It's like, yeah, cool. I have no um, emotional investment in here because I'm wearing my A's hat. Last year, the A's, every year the A's lose if they get into the playoffs, the first game or the first round and all that stuff still, I'm still pissed off about it for like a week, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's where, when you, your heart is too involved with it. Yeah, man. I was thinking about like the Super Bowl loss, like which was worse, this one or the 2013 one? Yeah. 2013 one for me was definitely because I was invested in the team. And then there was also that big comeback. Yeah. And actually, they were in a better place to win. You know, I mean, they, they lost it. They choked, quote unquote, choked this one away, which I don't think they did. Um, but with the craziness of that game coming back, they still were at the goal line to yeah, win. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Versus here, they were. The 15-yard line or whatever. Yeah, I feel like in 2013, if there was a little bit more time, we would have won. But this one, if there was a little less time, we would have won. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know so. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, again, again, whatever. It's it's fine. Yeah. You know, like. It, it's really funny because of how mad people get on social media because of this stuff. I was like. Come on, man. And yeah. I was like, I'm over that, dude. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah. So the fun part about them losing was, uh, you know, our there's Amin El-Hassan. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who we've listened to and follow the NBA. And, you know, his thing about the hashtag Patino game. Yep, yep. Where the team that loses, it's a, a Twitter storm of fun yeah. of, like, it labeling fun, for dude. players. Being a longtime Niner fan, you knew all of like yep, the um, yep. the special stories. So the things that I posted that um, that got retweeted was uh, Dexter Carter walking through that door, or a muffin that ball, muffling that punt through that door, because yeah. we all remember Dexter Carter muffing, you know, fifty percent of the punts that he was going to bring back. Yeah, and the other one was um, a little bit more mean, but like, well, actually, it wasn't. I said Mike Sherrard is going to have isn't going to surgically repair his leg and walk through that door. <laughs> but if you didn't know the, if you're a Niner fan, you wouldn't have those. Yeah. I was, I was feelings. thinking of like Steve Wallace and his double helmet. Yeah. Someone posted that one. Yeah. I saw that one. I was like, yeah. So that was a part of the, that was part of like the, the processing a loss, even though it was whatever processing a loss. That was a lot of fun because you know, all these people, even like when the Warriors lost, like, Oh, this is where we get to invest in our um, twenty years of a uh, bad of a bad team. Yeah, my my <laughs> favorite, well, the one of the most like cathartic experiences was when we lost in the twenty sixteen finals. Mm-hmm. I posted a picture that said seventy three <laughs> and nine, yeah. but then the nine was a crying Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like. And that was when Crying Jordan was like huge. Yeah. Like those memes were yeah. all over the place. Yeah. And I, I had that in my drafts. Just like right. I was like, I'm going to make this as, yeah. as soon as I think. I can't remember when I made it. It must have been during that finals. Or as soon as Steph got hurt. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to make this. Because <laughs> it's going to be in my drafts. And if anything bad happens, it's just going to like. Shooting it off. Within seconds of, yeah. of that buzzer going off. Yeah. Like. I mean, yeah, it's more fun to like, you know, take a loss and like that. That was one of those painful ones where we turn off the TV or change the channel because we don't want to watch this. We don't want to watch the Cavs um, celebrate um, for sure. But at the same time, them getting eliminated has a lot of fun in terms of we have we have lots of bullets in that in that proverbial um, potato game gun for the Warriors. Yeah, like deep, deep, deep cuts. Yeah. Not just the... I'll probably... Yeah. I mean, that's the good thing about being old, man. Like, <laughs> Especially if you've been a fan of a team for a long time. Like, 
The, yeah, the Patino game was great. The favorite name that popped up that I hadn't think, thought about in a while was Arnaz Battle. Like, oh, yeah, I saw that. Too. I was like, whoa, yeah. good. Ty Streets was a good one. Ty Streets. Yeah, I was like, he's not going to catch a bomb pass from um, Jeff Garcia. Um, that should have been called a pass interference on the offense, but it's okay. I'll take it. <laughs> um, yeah, Ampli. Ampli, that one. was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that's the name we haven't thought about. He's supposed to be the. Uh, he was supposed to be the heir apparent to Roderick, or like he was supposed to be the. Wasn't he like the, the like, like beta version of Reggie Bush in college? Maybe. Yeah, he he was a big. It was big. It was a Florida, yeah, Florida or, State. Yeah. The other one I was gonna post was um. Derek Laville. But I had to, um, I kind of didn't want to do it because I cheated. Because, you know, I tried to, with my integrity with the, the Patino game, I, I don't necessarily want to go back and Google a, an old roster and pull it. Yeah, for sure. But I, the thing with Derek Laville, I remember, is that he was just, I forgot he said just something about, like, um, well, I'm a guy now or something like that. Or, you know. I don't remember that guy. He was a, I think, who was he in between? I think he was maybe after Garrison Hurst. Mm. Um, or maybe between whoever we had, whoever was in Mariucci's era, that was a gap before Garrison Hurst was there. Because I remember he was just, uh, like, it was early college days, so we, I don't think we had Garrison Hurst yet. Or the Niners had Garrison Hurst yet. Who, by the way, I sat next to at Dave and Buster's. Really? A long time ago. He's, he's still on the team, and he had a his Georgia visor on. Oh. Okay, that's Garrison Hurst. Anyway. Every now and again, I, I pull up a YouTube video of that opening day New York Jets, like, overtime. His 96-yard The sweep? Run. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, that was a different one. No, it was a different one. Because like Garrison Hurst, when I was thinking about it, was the playoffs. Oh, no. Where he broke it. one. Um, I don't know if he took inside route or if it was a sweep or something, and then he just did the same thing. He broke a long run, and that won the the playoff game. I think it was a playoff game. Hmm. I have to Google it. Don't at me if I'm wrong. <laughs> you can, whatever. Let us know you're listening <laughs> at Papa Culture Five. Let let us know if we're hella off. Thanks again for listening to the Pop Culture Podcast. If you have any questions or comments or podcast ideas or topics or people that we should know and talk to about fatherhood and pop culture, let us know. Hit us up on our Instagram or Twitter or Facebook at Pop Culture Pod. Check out our videos on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram TV. You can email us at popaculturepod at gmail.com. For Anton, this is John. Peace.